0: As a student, really, okay, we're learning about this, but when can we apply it? When can we put it into action? I think, I know for me, I have a lot of school left personally, but I don't wanna wait seven and a half years to be able to start putting it into
1: action. Welcome to Unlocking College Life, real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say, so through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unlocking College Life. We are joined by another student this morning that we can't wait to talk to And so I am gonna go ahead and let she introduce herself and then we'll get rolling.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Ishi Shukla. I am a junior at the University of Michigan studying molecular cellular developmental biology and psychology. And I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, Alana and Joy.
2: Thank you for joining us. We are super excited to talk with you. What a mouthful on your major. We definitely want to hear from your college journey. And Truly, truly excited to hear about your efforts with Doula Company.
0: Yeah, so the Lunar Doula Collective is a nonprofit that I helped found along with 10 other students way back in 2020, right as the pandemic hit. And Now we have a the Lunar Doula Support Network, which is a student organization that runs in conjunction to the Lunar Doula Collective. So I've kind of shifted to leading that and I currently serve as the president. But the mission for LDSN is to normalize social discourse surrounding reproductive health through community education and training on how to support individuals through pregnancy loss and abortion. So, just how you can have a doula, for example, during childbirth, the concept is having a doula, having a support person during pregnancy termination and loss. So read abortion and miscarriage because we should be using those terms to start to normalize different reproductive experiences.
1: I love that. Just as someone who had a doula with both of my births. I can speak to just the power of that cuz of what they're able to hold and how they're able to support. And so I guess I am wondering like how did you find this as your sort of one of your passions?
0: Yeah, so I have always been interested in just reproductive health and justice. I know right now I really want to be an OBGYN and I want to be an abortion care provider. And I'm totally going to like meet with the public education board and work on their sex education and make sure it's comprehensive because a lot of it isn't. And then also have this OBGYN mobile that goes around into different areas that there are a lot of OBGYN deserts, so it can just go and give free pap smears and STD testing and the little pamphlets on why you should layer your birth control and that sort of thing. And so that's like a project 20 years down the line, but that's what I can envision myself doing. And I think it comes from the fact I don't know. I was like always interested. I read the Women's March textbook that came out from the 2017 Women's March for fun and didn't realize it was a textbook. It's just one of those things where I don't know. I was even in psychology of human sexuality class freshman year here, and now I work in the stigmatized sexualities lab, and I was just so drawn to the material. I read the whole textbook for fun. It didn't even have to be assigned reading because it didn't feel like that. Wow. I'm, what, 20 years old? I was never taught this formally until I decided I wanted to teach myself. And I think for my mom, so I'm a child of immigrants, and My mother migrated here in 1999, and she had me in 2001 and my brother in 2002. So we are not spaced out pregnancies. And I can't imagine for my mother what that was trying to access reproductive health education or even just contraception in a foreign country. So I think working on making that more accessible is definitely a little passion project of mine, which will hopefully span out into a career one day.
2: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I just keep thinking Joy can relate to this probably even more than I can because she's in the public health domain and how we certainly topics like abortion or even miscarriages and child loss are not often all that openly discussed. And we tend to come from a punished kind of and a judgment zone oftentimes. And so coming at it from a completely different angle, more the prevention and all that is really so powerful to hear. And I'm also thinking in the doula space, doulas are incredible, such a support system in childbirth. But I don't think that we have done justice for folks with child loss, miscarriage, and even abortion. And so I love the idea of supporting all with their, again, reproductive health, childbirth, or child loss experiences. So Thank you so much. And your passion is very, very clear here. And I love the vision that you have. It's so specific. It's clear that you have thought about this and dreamed this out. So I hope it happens to you. And I think that you, I mean, your organization already has so much impact. So I can't wait to see what all you accomplish. And so
1: I also picked up on, I work with a lot of students where even when we talk about sexual health at all, often the response is, They are begging for more because there's so many spaces, especially in a university where Alona said there's a lot of shame in U.S. culture around like anything related to sex and reproduction and anything else. And so I also just wonder, in what spaces are you sharing this at the university? Because I know your vision is also for community health. I'm just so curious because I know that for my students, they're just, can we please talk about this more?
0: Yeah, so LDC, Lunar Jewel Collective, that is specifically supposed to be like a community organization. So although we do have ties to the university and a lot of leadership positions, they were founded by students at the university and are still kind of held by students at the university, the goal is for it to completely transform into a community collective. So For those living in the Ann Arbor, Ipsy community, even Southeast Michigan, if you look at, I know we could work on our support of people who choose to get abortions. And so really, it's supposed to be for everyone, not just tied to the university. But, you know, we learn all these things in our classes all the time. These topics about birthing experiences and how bad child care is in this country and how it's not regulated and options and different things like that. So I think just trying to bring that all together and as a student, really, okay, we're learning about this, but when can we apply it? When can we put it into action? I think, I know for me, I have a lot of school left personally, but... I don't want to wait seven and a half years to be able to start putting it into action. And then I know I have so much to learn from so many other people, and I love learning, but I don't want that to take away from the ideas that I have and that my peers have and working to make the world a better place. It doesn't have to be on pause while you're in school either.
2: Wow, this feels unstoppable. Really unstoppable. I think that folks, not just students, but folks often struggle with how do I put it into action? I have a dream, I have somewhat of a vision, or I want to do XYZ. But execution is a whole different story. And certainly the urgency of it is so clear to me. Amazing.
1: And I also think a lot of students can relate to the the theory to practice. That's what I hear you saying. It's like a lot of times where they're learning so much theory, even in graduate school, frustrated. Okay, I get it. I want to apply it. And so I wonder also if you can talk a little bit about how did you find the people or the support systems or the mentors that really helped you to sort of be like, yeah, you don't have to wait.
0: Yeah. So I was a freshman and I remember, I think imposter syndrome is really common Probably not just on this campus, but all campuses across America. And I'm a pre-med student, so it's very heightened. Everyone's like, yeah, I've already started studying two days before classes start. And I'm like, okay, hang on. Okay, I want to be involved in something bigger than me. I love the nonprofit world. I wish it didn't exist and the government just did things. But I do like the nonprofit world in the current state that we're in. And so I just remember applying to a bunch of different opportunities. I went through a lot of major changes as well. I was not these majors coming into college. And so part of me was really drawn to women's studies. And I think that's kind of transformed into my psych major now. But I was on their mailing list and I saw this opportunity to interview for this potential lunar doula collective thing. And there was only one person working at the time, Brianna. And I was like okay, let's apply for it and see what happens. And I remember even during the interview, I was like, okay, I'm just a freshman. I don't have a lot of life experience under my belt. I certainly have never gone myself through these experiences, so I'm not completely sure how to support a person going through those experiences. And then the interview went really well, and we really connected over a lot of different topics and identities and how we bring in different things to the table. And they really were, I would say, kind of my mentor. And I still look up to them because Rihanna has now graduated. And so Brie is doing phenomenal work in Texas. And I think they had the capacity to bring a group of people together, have this vision, and also take into account what we all wanted to see with this vision and alter it to the times. Because 2020 was a tumultuous year. We probably met in person three times as a group of 10 people and then whoa the pandemic hit and then we were working with a partnership with a hospital to get these programs started and everything stopped And it's like volunteer services, even with all these variants and Omicron coming back into play, it's it's so hard to get started. It's so hard to see your vision enacted. It's been on pause or it's been rolling, but kind of more bumps than we were expecting, I think. And no one could have predicted COVID. But even during COVID, I've got to say, I'm really impressed by these groups of individuals because even during COVID, during the summer of 2020, we were able to pull off our first virtual doula training and lost doula training. And it was the first lost doula training in the state of Michigan. So for us to be able to hold together all of this, interview so many people, all of this is happening virtually. After the lockdown hit, we did not meet in person until 2021. The fall of 2021 is when at least the student org decided we were gonna go back in person because the university went in person. But it's crazy to think how much we even accomplished in the time that we were online. And to make space for movements like the Black Lives Matter movement. And I remember some of us were going and protesting or skipping our meetings to go protest. It's just taking all of that and saying, okay, yes, we have this mission and this vision and this purpose. But we also need to take a step back and realize the context of the times that we're living in. And I think Brie is able to do that really, really well. And I continue looking up to them for that. And I think I'm really lucky to be taken under their wings and able to meet all these people and inspired by them. I know a lot of our the original founders have graduated and gone on to do other phenomenal things. And I'm, oh my God, I can't wait till our 20-year reunion.
2: Wow. And I think it also speaks to really how huge that need is when you say how well attended your virtual conference was. And despite all of these barriers, there's truly such a need. Folks feel often lost. There's a lot of shame that accompanies all these scenarios. And I'm thinking your mentor is in Texas, I suppose, well prepared to deal with all kinds of barriers. I mean, what an irony. Texas right now is. The symbol of where we need this probably the most, this kind of education.
1: So, you're painting this picture of such a passion area for you. And I think having worked with so many college students over the years, I know that also things aren't always easy because it's like people can be super inspired. And I think it's also important for them to hear what was maybe a hardship that you went through in all of this that. Because obviously, this is a story of resilience, too. Like You already talked about having to navigate, going virtual and all that, and that you stayed the course. There might have been times, I'm assuming, where you were like, this is not happening. I'm going to throw in the towel. So can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so in the nonprofit world, there's a lot of turnover and being mainly tied to university or even as a head of a student org i'm seeing all of us we have four years and we graduate and we go off in different directions and i think sustainability is a hard aspect of this and just being able to pass on the knowledge and the vision but also amend it to what the brilliance of the new minds see and so that can be difficult But it's really taught us, I think, about communication and how well like Google Drive should be, but also just being open to change because yes, going through COVID, there was a lot that happened that we just weren't expecting, but then at the same time, being expected or expecting change, I would say, because I think it's really easy to just fall into these are the people I work with every week and This is how it goes, but that's not how it's always going to be. At some point, people are going to head in their own directions, or there's going to be changes at any company or nonprofit. like it's the real world, and just being able to say, okay, these changes are coming, and this is what I'm going to do to welcome the changes, and think about how you can grow from the changes, I would say, and also keeping in mind like how to connect with everyone I think connecting with the original team like we'd met in person before the pandemic hit so that was kind of easier but then connecting with newer members over like the vision we share can be like it's fresh because it's with fresh eyes too but just taking a second to be okay this is where we are and this is what we started and so what would you like to add to this too and then I did also want to touch on the context of this world, because when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I think a lot of us just needed a second to catch our breaths of what is happening. And with everything going on in Texas, I can't even imagine the way those laws are written up. It's supposed to isolate a person choosing to go through these experiences more. It's supposed to disconnect you from your support systems. And I cannot imagine As hard as it already is, I really just do not understand the purpose of these laws, but I have hope. I really see a lot of hope with my generation, and I think we just need to hopefully be able to vote with more frequency. Local elections matter, too, and just taking a part in all of them and researching your candidates, even in political parties, researching to see who really is aligning with your values and also taking into interest. I know America, everyone's always like, this is such an individualistic country. I think a lot of us can come together over hard experiences that we've gone together. And so it's really a collectivist feeling and a community feeling. I think part of us needs to take a step back and think how much more we can accomplish together. And if we support each other, be a lending ear for each other, and be empathetic to each other, I think the world could be a much kinder place.
2: Right now you're speaking from a place of leadership, effective leadership. It's very clear to me why you're leading the organization you're leading and what makes effective. Because you talked about nonprofits and all of that, but in a lot of ways, this to me resembles a startup. How quickly you've developed this, how much you're paying attention to changing trends, how much you're paying attention to the newcomers and how to keep the vision going while also being flexible and letting the new opinions, new energy come in, but also harnessing it in productive ways. So I don't know if you're aware, but you're speaking from a place of really effective leadership. I know that is not easy and it has a lot of ups and downs but good for you. As a leader, some of the books that have been helpful to me through leading a large organization is Radical Candor and Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And you're speaking a lot of the principles that really contribute to effective leadership. So kudos to you. And I also agree
1: with you, Ishi, about hope for your generation. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I see so such like a different view on so many aspects of this topic, but other topics as well. Maybe we can close with this. I wonder, because I know we've been talking about it a little bit this way, not super intentionally, but sometimes it can get this issue can be seen as like a women's issue. And I know it's not. and I know, you know, it's not. And so I wonder what your message would be to like folks who don't identify as female. What's their role in this too?
0: I think birthing experiences affect everyone. And I know it's really easy to just use the word women when it comes to these types of topics, but I try to steer away from that because I don't ever want to make anyone feel as if you have to be a woman to, or identify as a woman to go through this because that's absolutely not true. And then aside from that, if you are not a person <laughs> has the ability to get pregnant, then really take a step back and again just think about What kind of world do you want to live in? One that's always arguing over the constitutionality of abortion or one that just accepts it. Let's move on. That was 19, like 1970s. It's 2022, almost 50 years later. I think we're ready to just move on with arguing about the constitutionality. The Hyde Amendment was in place for so many years. Let's get rid of these barriers. And... Abortion isn't a bad word. They're going to take place. You can make it illegal, but they're going to still happen. So it's really your choice. Do you want it to happen in a safe way or do you want it to happen in a not safe way? And also understanding how identities play a role in your access to receiving reproductive loss care because those who have power and money will still be able to get one even if it's illegal. It just makes it harder for the rest of us. So really putting that into context of, don't we just want to make this a little bit better for all of us? And then I just wanted to shout out a really good resource. If you or yourself are struggling with any reproductive option, specifically pregnancy, parenting, adoption, or abortion, and you just need someone to talk to or someone that you love is going through it, I would recommend calling the All Options Hotline. They provide 24-7, unbiased, judgment-free, open-hearted support, and they're really phenomenal. So if that's something that you're seeking, no matter where in the country you are, go ahead and give them a call. And I hope that you have a support system in place too, and it's not as isolating as some states are trying to make it. But we can do this. We can do this. It will be better in another 50 years.
2: I want to follow up with a sort of what Joey was asking before, but I am curious, and you spoke to it already a bit, keeping hope for your generation, younger generations and all of that. Do you ever get down? Because this is not easy. This is not easy. The barriers keep coming. I'm just curious sort of what helps you on the daily to keep going.
0: I think it's just being a part of amazing communities. I've surrounded myself with people who are also optimistic. And With people who do this sort of work and are involved in this field, I think it's just seeing their positivity and their upbeatness and also their willingness to just take a second. It's okay. We don't have to work nine to five, five days a week every day. It doesn't have to be like that. And as a college student, work doesn't end at five sometimes. So I think being able to say, okay, this is a me day or this is a me time and I'm not going to think about... All the other life stressors in the world, it really just helps in being able to avoid burnout and keep going. And it helps with the sustainability aspect I talked about earlier. So just choose mentors that will fuel your flame and then keep going off of that. Fuel your flame and then you go ahead and fuel some other flames because it can be like a little continuous pattern. And that's the way that we're going to keep going.
1: I love that. Fuel your flame. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Ishii. It's been great to hear your story and it's very inspiring. And so I hope that students will tune in and thank you for the resources as well hope you tune in next time and we'll see you all soon
2: thank you so much for being with us and good luck with all of your efforts
1: thanks for listening please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently we want to hear from you connect with us on instagram and let us know how it's going This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or a therapist.